0: Hi, I'm Haiga, your host for Short Story Saturdays on A Writer's Life. I'm recording on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Squamish Nation. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Short Story Saturday. I'm so honored and delighted that I'm in conversation today on Short Story Saturday with Mary Duffy. Mary Duffy is a transplant from the east to the west coast of Canada, where she works as a librarian. Her poetry has been published in various journals and anthologies, including Quills, Leaf Press, Blueprint Review, High Altitude Poetry, The Return of the Downtown East Side Poets, The Soul of Vancouver, and online at the Globe and Mail. Her poetry comes from connection with community, whether that be the Red Island, Newfoundland community from which she was resettled as a child, or the community of poetry she has founded here in Vancouver through events created by groups such as Pandora's Collective. During the pandemic, this community connection has become more important than ever. Welcome, Mary Duffy. Hi, (laughs) Heige. So I'm going to ask you a question that I ask all my guests. Do you remember your first day of school?
1: And what was that like for you? Well, I remember my school. Uh, My dad taught in, it was a one, two-room schoolhouse. So I was grade one on a tiny little Newfoundland community uh, called Red Island. And he was the school teacher there. And it was as I say, a one, two room schoolhouse. And I remember maybe not the first day of school, but I remember the experience of school the school was at the top of a hill, and in winter, my dad, who was a teacher there, was called Mr. Rat, because he used to literally climb up the icy hill to make sure that he got there every day for his students. He was a very dedicated teacher, and I remember that school very, very well, and it was tiny, because we were a small community, Uh, but it was kind of nice being in a room with not just little kids, but big kids too, and I felt very important on my first day of school.
0: You're going to be reading some poetry, and the first poem you're
1: reading is? Um, The poems, because you're short stories, I selected. They're almost like uh, prosaic poems, short stories linked, and they are about my experience growing up in a small Newfoundland community where I was resettled. Uh, Your first question was my first day of school. Well, grade one, I was in school in Red Island. Grade two, we were resettled and I had to move to a new community as part of the resettlement program. So a couple of the poems I'm gonna be reading, one about my brother's birth on the community, one about The community was only accessible by boat when my mom got sick. And the third one about resettlement. So they're kind of all linked together into one short story. The Christmas gift. And this is for my brother. A cold coming you had of it, my baby brother. My mother entered a desperate race on December 29th, the coldest day of that bleak winter Sailing in a fragile vessel from Red Island to Argentia, the icebergs chasing her all the way up Placentia Bay, you were born in the darkest hour of the night that winter. The curling pink shell, umbilical cord froze into an intricate ice sculpture after it grew out of the warmth of my mother, unfurling to create a gritty monument to your birth. Atop her now empty belly, anchored down by the frozen placental fluid. The skiff hit the wharf. They lifted you up, a warm offering. They reached to pass you to hands waiting on the stage, coated in a covering of inch thick ice, but the boat listed and fingers slipped and you went flying down toward the joyous boiling, cold ocean, faded, to spend your future as a mere child, lost to us forever, whose cries we would hear only when the foghorns warned us of choppy seas such as these. The priest, who was traveling with the crew for fear that his presence might be required on the voyage to assist my mother or you if needed to another sphere, leapt up and caught the tumbling bundle a great save, a tiny miracle. When they bring you to me, such a precious gift, I, still a baby myself, cover my eyes and cry, no brother, no brother, no brother, knowing that your comb of shocking red hair will put my nose out of joint and break. It will take all the attention away from me, a pale blonde imitation of a real red island berry. But I should have been slightly more gracious in my acceptance speech. The next winter, a big red rooster attacks and knocks my mother over while she is gathering eggs from under the hen and kills our second little brother still inside of her. My father gave her a little lamb to hold to comfort her in her grief. Now, there is only you and me left in this world to agree and argue over this and the memory when Father Lewis and his big black dog Rex came down to our house after saying mass. And my mother spreads the table with fresh bread and butter and open jams of partridge berry jam and celebratory tins of ham doing her best to make a big man even bigger. Moving on to ship to shore. So the island I grew up on was only accessible by boat and we had a hospital boat. And one of the tricks of the resettlement government game was they cut off the hospital boat. My mom was sick frequently. Once she had to be taken from the island by the hospital boat, And a cousin of mine took me far away so that I did not have to hear that to see that. It's called Ship to Shore. You tower over me. You hold my hand. Take me to the part of the island that is furthest away from the government wharf where the boats dock and depart. You hold my hand, sing to me some foolish song about a girl in Salto, Salto, Saltos, girl in Saltos all day long, girl in Salto, Salto, Saltos, down the back of Ocean Pond. You sing to drown out the keening tone of the foghorn, the last warning blast of the Lady Anderson Hospital boat, muffled only slightly by the pea soup fog as she retreats from Red Island and vaporizes into the haze. You save me from the catastrophic static of the ship-to-shore radio as it spits out its reports, crackling and sputtering in decreasing frequency as the ship sails too far away from Red Island. And finally, there is a cardiac arrest of news. Your tune cocoons me momentarily in a misty shroud that dims the shock and delays the pain that must come later when they try to explain all that is happening. Somehow, now, it is easier if, as she is moving away from me, I am moving away from her also. And the final poem. As I said, we uh, grew up on this tiny Newfoundland island that was part of the resettlement game. As a song by Alan Pittman calls it, the government wanted to not have to pay for boats like the Lady Anderson. So our home was not one of the ones that was floated across the water, but many others were. And we had to rebuild. So this is called painted houses, fragile skeletons. Our home grew up with us, bones stretching to reach our mother in overhauls, scarf tied round her hair, painting down to meet us in pink-cheeked and ecru rooms, clothing them with rollers, soaked in milky paint, dressing up gyprock, except for that one naked spot halfway down the stairs. What happened there? Then that final room, blonde wood turning gray, sighing and waiting for a single caress of paint. Whenever he smells lumber, my brother travels back to our first days, weeks, even years in the new harbor, as houses we remembered floated across the water, rolled onto logs, dragged up hills, Pine protecting wallpaper, weeping at the leaving. The resettlement game. So when we did move to our small community, um, it was very difficult. People had already formed friendships going into grade two. It was new for me, but luckily I had a next door neighbor. Even though she was in grade one, she made friends with me. And this is the story of her and her father, who the whole family made friends with my family. And it's called A Grace Note for Felix. And this is from Mr. Felix Wiffen of Southern Harbor, Newfoundland. I want to create a grace note for Felix, who stood, who stands much larger than any man in my memory. The day they found you felled in the forest, cut down too early, Church bells tolled rolled across the harbor. I walked hand in hand home from school with your daughter. The news raced to meet us on the road. Silver hair under a cap of salt and pepper, warm corduroy jacket, big rubber boots. I'd never known you to wear anything different. A father to two sons and two daughters. You expected strength from all, including me an outsider to your family. You expected me to handle an axe with dexterity. You expected me to plant a garden, to be strong like your sons and your daughters. You told us of stories of Father Cassioli, whose heart was so strong, he dove into the Atlantic every morning and swam the icebergs. But your heart was stronger until it stopped after years of hauling logs, leaving a legacy of strength for your family. That day, we scoured the house, scrubbed the floors. That night, we baked a cake to sustain and celebrate all those who loved you. At your funeral, a procession of cars wound around the harbor. At your grave, I could hear fiddles meet in the air harmonize in the atmosphere, decide to create beyond the melody, a jig of joy, a dance of life, a note to resonate and reverberate through the ages, skip over fishing stages, pine in the woods, icebergs in the harbor, to sing forever of your labor to your sons and to your daughters.